Hey, teachers, you're listening to The Thing That We Do on Friday with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. Brother Wing, you're not moving over there. You? Oh, good. I just thought you were super cold. Is the internet working in Arkansas today? It's really cold in Arkansas. No, it, it is cold, but it's we're we're um, thawed out and ready to roll. Yeah, it's good. Man, next week's going to be pretty terrible. You know, um, people don't believe me in Missouri when I tell them that Missouri is is colder than Utah. I used to live in Utah, by the way, and Missouri's colder. Is Arkansas colder than Utah? No. I mean, does it? It's not, not overall. No, I mean sometimes like like for like I mean it's obviously the wet cold, but you know like forty degrees in Arkansas feels colder than the forty degrees in Utah. Yeah, you know, well, but overall we we're warmer here. In love, when I go when I go outside in Missouri in wintertime, it feels like a thousand bees are stinging my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. You know, it's really cold what? running outside in the hail and lightning. And, Scantily clad. Yeah. To try to secure your trampoline so it doesn't blow away in the middle of the night. Now that's <laughs> the definition of cold. I can't believe Heather didn't take a video of that. That would have been fantastic <laughs> to see. Fantastic yeah. to see. Um, I guess we should mention this uh, teacher for like maybe none of the teachers. One of the reasons why we're talking about how cold it is is because maybe some of you haven't been outside for a few days. Uh, and also like in seminary, like what do you do when school is canceled? I mean, we never cancel seminary, right? Brother Wing? Like even if it's 12 feet of snow, school's canceled, everybody show, better be showing up at the church or seminary. Is that right? Is that what you guys do in Arkansas? <laughs> Man, I, you guys are hardcore in Missouri. What we do is if school's canceled, then seminary's canceled. Oh, yeah. We actually, here, we we take off our shoes and make the kids walk to to the church with bare, bare feet. That's how the early pioneers went to seminary. So it's just like Trek. So uh, no, teachers, that's... If school's canceled, seminary's canceled. So just just remember that. But you know what I told my teachers, Rowing? Sometimes, sometimes schools don't cancel, but but roads outside are pretty rough, and we want to be very concerned about uh, our students' safety. And so it might be on a on occasion that if that might happen, where school isn't canceled, but the roads you're a little bit worried about your students driving to class. You might even think about about having a class maybe on Zoom, or there's a lot of different alternate ways if you're worried about safety of your students. But um, but we want to be super concerned and have safety of our students at the top of our of our thoughts. Right on. Um, and that is why uh, we are going to use the scriptures this week in seminary, because we are concerned about the safety of our students' soul. In fact, that reminds me, remember when Elder Holland gave that great talk, Safety for the Soul, and what was it about? The El Libro de Mormon, yeah. which is Chinese for the Book of Mormon. Of course, you knew that because of your ancestry. All right, so uh, Monday, Martin Luther King Day. 
Uh, you don't have to you don't have to have seminary that day, but you do have to be righteous that day, and everyone needs to read their scriptures. Right? It's not a day off from scripture study. It's it's just it's Martin Luther King Day, January sixteenth, a Tuas day. We have First Nephi six and seven. Right, so six is a pretty small chapter. Seven is a longer chapter. Brother Wing, how are you approaching this one for these two for scripture feasting on Tuesday? Yeah, so six is kind of fun to just do like a miniature scripture feasting. So mm -hmm. some of our students are still getting warmed up to scripture feasting, or our right. teachers even might be kind of getting, um, you know, improving their abilities to incorporate this. And so it's so short, it gives you a little opportunity to feast on chapter six. And so this is a great place to, you know, use that bookmark um, and just say, hey, here's six verses, students, just read the six verses. Yeah. You know? So for a student who's like struggles with reading or, or just maybe a typical scripture feasting activity might seem a little bit too daunting or big. Well, this one's short, you know, especially you could even narrow it to just verses three through six, you know, start talking about what's pleasing to God and the things of God um, with that. The uh, teacher manual offers a pretty good question. Um, and it's, th there's three in a row that it says, I like the middle one it says, do you feel that studying the book of Mormon is helping you come closer to Jesus Christ? Now that's a great question to ask, you know, and then it says, why or why not? Um, this might be a little personal for the students, but at least having them consider that as they consider what Nephi saying goes into the Book of Mormon and that these are uh, he wants to preserve space for what's pleasing, you know, to to God. And so I, I really like that idea to kind of let them feast, see what they come up with, and then maybe also point out to them um uh, you know, if they're feeling like their scripture studies working for them you know, or not. And then if it's not, you might just suggest, Hey, this is why we come to seminary. You're going to get practice to figure out right. how to do this. And we're going to do it every day. That's why we, that's why we do this practice every day. So you can just get really good at this and connect with God and kind of get the idea that Nephi has here. I like that. That I had a similar thought with, with chapter with uh chapter six, you have, um, you might just have, like you said, a mini scripture feasting where you just kind of talk about what has been your experience with the first five chapters and, and how is Nephi doing and accomplishing his objective just in the first five chapters so far? I mean, Nephi, Nephi's objective, he states it there, like you said, in uh, around in verses three through six, he wants to persuade men to become, uh, to come to the God of Abraham. He wants to, um, he wants to write the things of God. He wants to write the things that are pleasing to God. So how's Nephi doing? Can he, has, those three things, has he done anything yet in the first five chapters? Has he, what do you think has pleased God that he said? What, in what way has he persuaded anyone to come into the to God of Abraham and, uh, and, and see if they, see if they've had an experience or two. That's just a small little idea for a small little chapter. Uh, all right, so in chapter seven, uh, here's my idea for chapter seven, brother. Wayne. So I like I, all prophets are types of Christ, and they teach us a lot about discipleship. I think Nephi is one that, for some reason, I can I feel like I relate to. Like he he makes sense to me. I think lots of people feel that way about him. I think that I probably if I would have 
went to Jerusalem high. I probably would have hung out with, with Nephi, uh, or at least would have wanted to hang out with Nephi. I bet Nephi would have hung out with, with you, brother wing. <laughs> Good one, friends. Would have been weightlifting partners or something like that. Um, played basketball. Played basketball together. Right. So, um, what I like for a, a scripture feasting idea is this is what I, I would kind of put, uh, I'd write this on the board. Like, what can we, what can we learn about following God from the example of Nephi? Right. So I put that overarching question on the board and then, then I put three sections. Uh, I'd write three scripture blocks on the board from first uh, Nephi seven. I was talking to a seminary teacher last night. And one of the things that she said is like in, in her class, sometimes scripture feasting is like, two or three verses and that's totally fine and sometimes for other teachers it's it's much longer and it and or it could be a whole chapter but you just kind of gauge your students but i think there's three little great little scripture feasting uh blocks here so you got uh one through five uh and i would tell the students i'd say here's kind of an overview of each of these blocks a little background a little context you get to choose your own adventure right we want to learn what we want to learn about following God from the example of Nephi. Well, here are three here are three case studies from the life of Nephi. The first one is in verses one through five. We're following uh, where he's given instructions to follow a prophet to gather others. Right, he's going back to get Ishmael's family. Um, the second one is verses six through eighteen, and it's about exercising faith in God even though you've been excluded by others. And then uh, the last one is verses 17 through 22, and it's about forgiving others who may have treated you poorly. So I let my students, uh, you know, say, which one of those sounds most interesting to you? You know, make sure you write these on the board or else your students are going to be saying, what did you say the second one was? So write them all on the board and then just have them choose one of those sections to scripture feast on Um and have them share what answers they came up with. What'd you learn from, what'd you learn about following God and forgiving others? Or what'd you learn about following God and, and exercising faith in him when nobody else around you seems to be, uh, and so on and so forth. So I think that'd be a pretty good day. Oh yeah. That's a really good scripture feasting. And mine is like so similar to that. Um, okay. with a little wrinkle, a little tweak, yeah. A, a wrinkle. You are older than me, so I imagine there'd be more wrinkles. <laughs> so here's what you got. You could say, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna divide you into three groups, so that it's kind of spaced out between the three parts." There, same verses that you described, mm -hmm. um, but they read their part, and then you watch those videos that are in the teacher manual that correspond. Are you serious? Yeah, I watched those videos, and I just I did not. Which are you talking about the Book of Mormon videos? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, winger. Just so that they, okay. can, they can visualize. Look, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. So they read their part. Then, and, you know, so a third of your class is in part one, a third is in part two, and a th the other third is in part three. Then you watch all three parts of those videos. So they get right. the full visual of it. And then they go back and reread their part. And so... The idea here would be you're kind of teaching them a skill about reading and then rereading. And if they can mm -hmm. get something more, also connecting it with someone's, you know, visual interpretation right. of those events that could be of useful, could be useful to them. And so then they share. So read, watch, reread, 
and then they share about what they found. Now, your questions that you attach to each part might even make that give it even more clarity and emphasis, but that's a great way to scripture feast on chapter seven. Well, I'll tell you what. That I want some. I want teach. I like Brother Wing's idea. I want you guys to. I want somebody to do that, and I. I need to be validated here because I thought the like. Did you see the part where Nephi's forgiving his brothers? That video, <laughs> that made my toes curl. It was so cringy and so. So, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just hard hearted that way. And so teachers do that. Show them the video, and if I'm right, and the students are like, "What the heck is this?" Then I want to hear about it on Facebook. And if the kids love it and they're they're weeping and they're all committing to go on missions and get married in the temple, I don't want to hear about it. Don't post about that on Facebook. I'm not saying it's like the best video ever, but just like art, you know, when someone draws a picture, you know, I have little kids, so I don't critique those heavily either. But it's just cool to see someone's interpretation, yeah, and bounce that off the scriptures and see what happens. If you're if you're Kids would have made that video. I wouldn't have made made the comment that I did. <laughs> that's true. Anyway. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, the next is probably the next chap. Well, we got acquiring spiritual knowledge. And <laughs> what do you do? What do you want to say about acquiring spiritual knowledge? All right. So this is part three. You know, they've kind part of gone three. through. They, we didn't do part one because it was with that intro stuff. So we did part two last week. Then we do part okay. three. They can still practice all this this uh, pattern. But one thing that I would emphasize here is this is how to get your own answers. Right. So we're going to really help you how to get your own answers. I mean, the whole acquiring spiritual knowledge, all three parts is how to do that. Um, this is specifically going into using trustworthy sources um, to get to get your answers. They quote Elder Bednar that these are the questions of the soul. And so... This might be a, a great way to prepare your students um, for investigation here and kind of taking this seriously is just say, look, we all got questions, but it's great to be able to get answers on your own. Find your own answers to your own questions. And so this is a big help to you. The, the manual is going to uh, guide you through some things to do with your students, reading from the core document and some other activities there that are useful for that. Now, this again, just like last week, I don't know that this would take the whole time um, in class. And so if you're looking on the pacing manual, the pacing guide that I, part two of the one that I made. Mm -hmm. So I added in that final column, possible additions from the Book of Mormon introductory materials because they mm -hmm. have these yeah. other lessons. Right, and right. so I said, with that doctrinal mastery lesson, you could go back um, and pick up that one that's called Book of Mormon Learning by the Spirit which corresponds well with finding your own answers. Right. So you look through content there um, that there may be something in there that you want to bring in to this lesson about using divinely appointed sources. Right. You know that the, the case study in that acquiring spiritual knowledge isn't terrible. I don't know how to pronounce that kid's name though. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? A-D-R-Y. Adri? Adri? Ad it's a guy. I say Adri. Adri? All right. Where's Adri from? He's from uh, Lithuania. Oh, is he? Okay. I sounded Latvian to me, but if you say Lithuania, then yeah. <laughs> very close. Very close <laughs> countries. All right. All right. Okay. First Nephi chapter eight. 
pretty popular chapter, or at least the story the kids are familiar with Lehi's dream. You know, and that let, let me just take a break here for a second, Brother Wing, and ask you this question. Sometimes, uh, and I got this question last night at the an in-service, um, or this concern. Sometimes kids, because the Book of Mormon is seemingly pretty familiar with our students, the concern is is maybe they're not engaging with the text as much. Because they're like, oh yeah, Lehi's dream. I know about that. He had a dream. There's a great spacious building, stuff like that. So, what's the answer? Like, how do we help our students go from that kind of the water skiing on top of the water, uh, just kind of getting the lay of the land to to really diving down and seeing some of the depth and meaning? Yeah. So this is another reason why we scripture feast. Yeah. Like we don't just scripture read, you know. Although that's really great, you know, and it's probably better to just read than to sit back passively and get somebody else's lesson. Right. And so reading is really good, but we want to feast. And so teach them how to feast, you know? And so the questions on the bookmark are great. The skills on the bookmark are great. Um, having a, having a, speci a specified question um, or a guide um, in there. But if they're, if they're actually going to willingly try this every day, they're going to yeah. get really good at it. Um, and I, I think that's going to work. So yeah. Even if it's a story that they think they're super familiar with, there's there's so much in there that, that they'll find some specific relevance for if they'll feast. Right. So in, in chapter eight, you have Lehi's dream here that we get an interpretation of a little bit later when Nephi wants to have the same dream and wants to know what everything means. And so like... How much time? The question I was thinking about is, do I want to have my kids like, hey, what do you think this means? And what do you think when they're going to find out the, the, the Holy Ghost is going to tell them what uh, here in the in, uh, just a couple chapters, what everything means. So this is I, I came up with a couple of questions that I might have my students use for scripture feasting. I like to have I like to have my students choose their own questions when they scripture feast. But sometimes it's okay to to throw one out there if you think it's a good one. I think this one can be a good one. Like, so here's a couple of questions that I might put on the board. And again, writing on the board is super important. Uh, what elements of Lehi's dream can you connect with your life and the world around you? And then what messages are you receiving from the Holy Ghost as you ponder this dream? And so just looking for answers to those two questions, uh, sure, they're probably going to maybe miss out on some of the interpretations. They'll pick them up a little bit later and uh, with Nephi. Um, but I think that they might be able to, if, if they read and they're focused on, on learning and receiving revelation, they could have a pretty good experience with the Holy Ghost while they're with us in our seminary class reading the scriptures. What do you think? Uh, those are excellent questions. Um I really like that. And I love the idea of the students just, just go read, just go get in there with chapter eight and see what you find. But with your questions, that helps to take it from, go to a deeper level. Um, so I love that. And, you know, President Packer's got a really great statement about this dream. He said, Lehi's dream or vision of the iron rod has in it everything a young Latter-day Saint needs to understand the test of life. That's awesome. So that's another way to take them in there and just say, look, here's the statement. You know, you're going to understand everything that you need to know about life from this dream. You know, is that so, in the, is that in the teacher's manual, that quote? They quote president Packer with a different statement um, there, but. So, so say I, that quote, say that quote one more time. So our teachers can Google it if yeah. they need to. 
Lehi's dream or vision of the iron rod has in it everything a young Latter-day Saint needs to understand the test of life. It's from a BYU devotional in January of 2007. Awesome. That's a great quote. Yeah. I mean, I knew that quote. But of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's, there's, you're not going to tell the teachers to watch the, I think there's video that goes along with uh, Lehi's dream. The Book of Mormon video. Yeah, we you know we don't want to go to that whale too much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Anything one, else or chat? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that's interesting about this is you know because of the holiday on Monday, we've had to squeeze five lessons into four days, and it kind of fit most naturally to put the two First Nephi eight lessons together on Thursday. Um, but that you, teachers, you may end up seeing that this is a little much, you know, so uh, you, you may push some of that content into Friday or steal some time from the day before on Wednesday. But chapter eight is I, I, I assume you're going to agree with me on this, Brother Lawson, because you always agree with me. But it's, it's everything except for movies. It's Go the ahead. most important. This chapter eight is is uh, really valuable to the students. And I want, I would, I would hope that they get this, this pretty well. So make sure that you give enough time uh, to chapter eight, the teacher manual in the second first Nephi eight lesson um, has an interesting uh, scripture feasting idea, you know, just right there in the teacher manual, mm -hmm. um, right above the video where you see Lehi in front of that, that tree, it's like glowing. <laughs> Um, it says this, as you read 1 Nephi 8, 22 to 34, look for these elements and what you think they may symbolize. And so above that, it des described all those elements, the mist of darkness, the iron rod, um, as well as the other things that are described there, including the great and spacious building, the river, um, the rod, the tree. So look for that um, in there. And that's, a, that's just a scripture, like that's a large chunk of of verses, but the teacher manual says, Hey, here you go. Look for this. Now that's like level one, I would say of scripture study. You know, you're just kind of like, here's this thing, look for it in the text, you know, and then a way to take that deeper, you know, is then to kind of connect it back to president Packer's statement and saying, okay, what does this teach us about life? Like what is so valuable here? That's going to help you today that, or that could help you with your life and your challenges and your goals and you, you know, how does this help you with, with life today? Right. Might bless right. them. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I've wondered about that. Like that, that part uh, where it says, what do you think these, what are the symbols? What do you think they mean? And I thought, I don't know if I, I'm, I kind of like the idea of letting them read a couple chapters later and see what Nephi comes up with and what the Holy ghost tells them. Well, so here's what all this stuff means. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So not they don't we don't necessarily have to interpret everything for them right now. Right. Okay, so uh, we got a little chapter, uh, chapter nine, where it explains where Nephi just kind of throws in a little uh, some knowledge here for us about his record keeping. That he's going to keep two records of plates with different things on each. Each it's like two journals, and he's he writes about different stuff in in both of those journals. Is there anything? More we need to say about chapter nine that will be helpful for our students. 
It's going to come up later, but I like the idea that when he says these plates, he's talking mm -hmm. about the small plates right there. Yeah. You know, the ones that we're reading the Book of Mormon. When he says other plates, he's talking about those large plates that Mormon abridged from. So that, I don't know that the students are going to really care about that as much, but that just is a 30-second clarification that may help them feel more comfortable with the text. Mm -hmm. But I'd spend more time in chapter 10. So, yeah, me too. But I did... I did smile the other day when I was reading this. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, Nephi. He could have been on the podcast. Right? He could have been on our podcast with us because he had two sets of plates. And he's like, I'm going to call this set of plates the plates of Nephi. And the other set of plates are also going to be called the plates of Nephi. <laughs> <laughs> so we now call them the large and small plates. But uh but I love in verse two, Nephi's like, what's the name of our podcast that we do on Friday? Mm. Let's ask Nephi, what, well, the thing you guys do on Friday? Yeah, there's your name. Yeah. So he'd be, a, he'd be a listener and a participant. Yeah. All right. So uh, for where are we at? Oh, we just did nine. How about, how about 10? All right. So uh, again, Nephi is a guy that I think, I think is pretty relatable. I think that's why we like him. All right. He, he has, I mean, he's had different experiences, but the principles in these experiences seem to apply to us. He wants to have, uh, have super spiritual experiences. He recognizes that his dad is a visionary guy and his dad says some pretty great things and is really confident about, uh, about it. And you can sense that Nephi has this desire so this is what I thought for chapter 10. It'd be fun for the first few, for the first uh, three quarters of the chapter, have the students just list all the things that Lehi knew, right? Just what are the, would you guys just read and, and just what are all the things that Lehi knew and prophesied about? Write them up on the board, you know, John the Baptist coming, Jesus, all these things. And then just speculate. Speculation is just good, clean fun. So yeah. like, so which one of these things do you think that Nephi would have loved to know the most? Like Nephi wanted to know about his dream. He wanted to have that dream. He wanted to know the things his dad knew. So which one, I mean, which one do you think Nephi really would like to see? And then the the next half of, of chapter 10 is pretty cool because it basically, Nephi gives us a little sermon um, from probably about verse 17 till the end on how to acquire spiritual knowledge, right? So what did Nephi do to himself become a visionary or to receive revelation? Uh, what are some of the, what are some of the things that he engaged in to receive revelation? And then, uh, I might be able to, I might ask my students as they, as they study and look for things that would help them obtain revelation, um, what specific actions, what specific actions would I see myself doing if I were to acquire spiritual knowledge? Like right before I acquire, acquire spiritual knowledge, like Nephi did and like Lehi did, what would I be doing? Um, and when they, the, the, your students are going to say things like, well, I'd probably be praying. What types of things would I be saying in my prayer? Or they might say, I'd be studying my scriptures. How... In what way would I be studying my scriptures, or how would I study my scriptures in a in a manner that would lead me to receive revelation? And maybe you could have a, a discussion like that. What would you do for First Nephi ten? Yeah, that is. I mean, again, 
it's kind of matches my idea in a different way, but it's the same basic structure because the first part sets up the second part. And so therefore this might be an example of where scripture feasting doesn't necessarily come at the very beginning of our class time that we want, we might want to use, you know, what we have in those first 16 verses of chapter 10 to just kind of give the info, give the background context. So then they're set up for a great feasting for 17 through 22, you know? And um, one, one way to do this is what you just described. Another way is take the chapter heading and just uh, you can display this, or you can just kind of say it out loud as a fill in the blank. Uh, But see if there's, see if your students can guess responses as you take out one word from each phrase in that chapter heading. And this might be kind of fun for them to guess what the word is, what they think. It's a, it's somewhat of a little bit of a quiz, um, but it also accidentally or purposely on your part will be a review, uh, a little summary of those first 16 verses. And you can kind of prep them that way uh, for that. Then I would spend, I would want to leave time so that I can really feast on the second part of chapter 10 and um Brother Lawson, I did a training with all six of my stakes on Zoom last Saturday. Did anybody show up? You wouldn't believe that I had well over 50. Oh, my lands. Were they they your teachers or were were they paid actors? I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't have their cameras on, so I don't know. Maybe they just... (laughs) Bad hair. I was was so impressed with... uh, how many came and we talked about scripture feasting a lot, but I gave him an example about this chapter. So I'm going to repeat it here. But um, um, one thing that the students can do is you, you make up a scenario. I mean, I I'm a firm believer and I've seen it so many times when students actually feast on the scriptures, they come up with the relevance, right? It's really kind of surprising to me how often that happens that I, as a teacher don't have to worry about kind of, putting relevance into the lesson, if they'll feast, they'll get it. So I spend more of my time just trying to get them into the scriptures. And then once that happens, the relevance seems to kind of naturally flow from it. Here's an example of deliberately inserting relevance um, into this and with a scripture feasting activity, but um, make up a, a person that has this scenario, like a case study here and and here's what the person says. They say, I want a testimony, but I don't know how to get it. I believe God talks to other people, but he doesn't talk to me. I don't know if I'm capable of receiving revelation. And then say, okay, now feast on verses 17 through 22 to help this person who has this scenario. I wrote that, but I really believe that represents uh, a lot of, of our students and how they feel about revelation. They, they're believers. They, they want to believe it. They, they don't doubt that other people have gotten revelation. They may start to though, be concerned that they don't feel like they are, how do they understand it or, or that. And so the, there's so many principles in here and there's only a few verses, but the feasting here can be very valuable. Are you muted brother Lawson? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. (laughs) Great job. I like that, bro wing. You did a good job today. You really you really pulled your weight today on the podcast and I appreciate it. Appreciate right. you putting forth that effort, giving 110% even even in the cold weather. Um 
All right, I'm, teachers. I needed my weight to hold down the trampoline. The trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we could recreate that sometime, that moment, and we could put that on the Facebook page. That would be a video you probably would watch. That would be it. <laughs> Kids, we could watch this one about Nephi forgiving his brother, or who would like to see Brother Wing running around his backyard in his underwear, <laughs> holding on to his grabbing the trampoline that's blown away. All right. Um, all right, teachers, we hope this was helpful to you. And if it wasn't, we hope that you will try us again next week. And until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous. <laughs> <laughs>